And we're going to go ahead and honor what the Lord wants to do this morning. Um, and so I'm actually going to share with you a brief message. But before we do that, if you're new here today, we want to welcome you. Thank you so much for being here. We're so grateful that you're with us. Hope that you have experienced God this morning in his presence. That's ultimately what this is about, is to glorify him and to see his name lifted up. Amen? Uh, my name's Matt. I am six foot four and a half. <laughs> and I was a point guard in high school. It's true. Kevin was just pointing that out uh, in basketball. Um, I am the husband to the amazing Tanya Cherie Jansen, who is our other lead co-lead pastor um, and also the, the dad of, of three wonderful kids, Josiah, Ashlyn, and Aubrey. Just a little bit about me. Um, but enough about me. Now we want to talk about the Lord. And what we've been doing, church, if you haven't been with us or if you've been with us, maybe you've missed a few, is we've been going through a series on our values. And we want to do this at least probably once every two or three years, just kind of revisit our values because our values help to determine our vision and our direction. Um, we always want to tie our vision back to our values. So when we communicate something to you, we say, listen, this is what God has put in our hearts to do. What you're probably going to hear us say is, um, we, we, we love prayer because we value prayer. Or we're going to have a worship night tonight because we value worship. Or we're going to have a joint worship night because we value being kingdom-minded. And so these values actually determine the culture of the church and how we are going to operate moving forward. These are really important values, obviously. Um, if we, you've been with us, we started talking about the Word of God as one of our first values. We build our lives on His Word. We talked about worship. We are a Holy Spirit-led church, I hope you saw that this morning, who lives to see God glorified in all things. Last uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about prayer. We are a house of prayer dependent on Jesus Christ. And number four, rest. Oh, man, that was so good. And this idea was that we will operate out of a place of grace. And today, you guys, we're going to be moving into our next value, and that is the value of honor. Somebody say honor. Awesome. I know that you're with me. And the value of honor. And, and when we started dreaming up, you know, what do we want to see for Life Church? As we began to, to pastor, take over the church as lead pastors, we've been doing this for about two years, so we're still relative rookies. Um, and, you know, we thought, what, what is something that we really want to see as part of the culture of Life Church? We want a culture of, uh, that, that values the Word of God. We want a culture that worships and understands the presence of God, that, that it comes first. We, we want to have a culture that values prayer. It's the engine of the church. And we want a culture culture that values rest and understands that we operate out of a place of grace. But one of the parts that we wanted to see in our church is we want a culture of honor. And what do I mean by that? The statement under that is this, we cheer each other on. We cheer each other on. I'm going to be sharing about honor briefly in a few moments. But before we do that, one of the things that has been awesome about this sermon series is that we've been able to have a different person come up each week and share their take on the subject of that day. I've asked each of them the question, you know, what does this uh, value mean to you? And we, I've asked them to share a testimony or a thought on the subject. And this morning, it is my incredible pleasure to honor somebody in our church who serves us faithfully. And it is our very own elder, Becky Lipton. Could you stand up, Becky, and come on up? Can we give her a hand, you guys? Man, just to take a few moments, this, she's an easy person to honor Becky serves on our elders board. She's also on our financial directors. She's the, the voice of reason, or the only woman 
in the room. And, um, and so she's on our financial director's board and holds us all in line, which is awesome. Um, and she is an amazing encourager and somebody that we turn to as well. Um, when we have questions, we can talk to her. We know that she's always there for us, and she's always cheering us on. Um, she's a major, one of the reasons even that we're here today. So um, just want to thank you so much, and here we go. Ah, thank you. I have one issue here. This is it. I came after Elio, and I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I thought he should be last, <laughs> so that all of us wouldn't have to jump over that bar. Elio, that was awesome. And we do honor you for bringing that word to us. Well, there is so much to say about honor, but um, our church, the, the value of honor is that we cheer each other on. And uh, as a noun, honor in the Bible means I don't want to take a lot of time here. There's so much that could be said. But this is my part. This is what God put on my heart to share. And it, it really is a part of my heart. I believe it's part of my calling. But um, as a noun, honor in the Bible means to esteem, value, or uh, with great respect. To honor someone is to value him highly or bestow value, value, value upon him. Honor has a sense of uh, price, of quality. Uh, we are commanded to honor so many people, so many positions in the word but, and, and in our lives. But for my sake and for the time that I have, I want to focus on others, uh, not because of any position, but just on people. The word love is some, also sometimes synonymous with honor. Uh, Paul commands us to be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves. Sometimes that's really hard because we are all so self-focused, so self-focused, and it's hard to sacrifice sometimes. This is the word of God. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold rightly to what is good, love each other with a genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. And weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And we are all ordinary people. <laughs> I want to share with you just... Uh, quickly two little snippets from my life in, rega uh, in regards to honor. And the first is how I was honored and the impact it had in my life. This was one of the first times that I really felt I, that the honor from God through a person profoundly affected me. And it was, uh, I was 22 years old. We had moved to Vancouver from uh, the States we did not know anybody. We were brand new Christians. Like we'd been, we'd surrender our li our lives to um, God in the Jesus People Revolution. So that can tell you kind of how old I am. <laughs> but uh, yes. So anyway, we came to Vancouver. We did not know anybody. The reason we came to Vancouver was because we were draft evaders. I live in the states, so. 
we, in good conscience, because we had surrendered our lives to the Lord in good conscience, we did not feel like we could participate in the Vietnam War. So we come as just these bright-eyed kids to Vancouver all by ourselves. And the thing that we really believed at that time was that if you wanted to find God, you wouldn't find him in the church. It was, to us, a really dead place. So we'd been here for a while, but we really needed to be in fellowship. So thankfully, there was some that really encouraged us, really encouraged us to get into fellowship, go looking, go find a church. And where we landed was St. Margaret's with Pastor Bob Birch. I am telling you, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for God's guidance, his hand on us. Pastor Birch took my husband and I, these goofy kids, and uh, began to, he first of all put us in a home group with he and Dorothy and two other couples. It was the first home group there was in, at St. Margaret's. And we spent two and a half years with him. And he spoon-fed us the gospel, built a foundation in our lives. And he began to give us responsibilities. And I'm like, now I look back and I think, wow, was he ever brave. <laughs> but he began to give us responsibilities. He believed in us. He saw and he drew out the deposit of God in us, God's purposes. That honor built a strong foundation of faith in God, helped us to grow deep roots in the family of God, and set us on a path of our destiny in God. That was such an honor. He honored us with his life, his time, and his wisdom. I, I, I would not be here today without that. And I know that there are people here who have deposited into people's lives that have drawn them along into the kingdom of God that would not be here today if it weren't for that honoring of that person. We don't know how important that is. I'm sure Pastor Birch didn't know what he was doing in us, how, how foundational, how important it was, but he just honored us with his life. Um, the other side of it is when I have I've had opportunity to honor others. And I just have, I'll just give you one example. And I want, I'll give you this example because it just shows the love of God, how much God values each person. A number of years ago, I did a, um, I directed Freedom Session here. And we had a group of ladies at one table. Many of them were my friends. We'd been friends for years. And there was one lady who had... Um, a sister that she brought to Freedom Session. And she, her sister had just given her life to the Lord. Well, shortly after we did Freedom Session, her sister left to move, move away. And so it left this gal who was a brand new Christian, and she was a little thrifty <laughs> by herself. And I thought, if I don't get a hold of that lady, if I don't get a hold of that girl, she's going to drift off and not really get into the kingdom of God, get planted in the church. So I developed, I invited five other women to my home and we had meals together. I would make dinner for them once a week. And we surrounded this woman with love. And we surrounded, and it was all for her, for that one person. And it was such a delight. We still meet occasionally. 
we don't meet as often as we used to. But I would do things like um, we always had prayer. We always had, we'd study something. We would always share a meal, and we would always share our, our hearts, our needs, our concerns, and pray for each other. And um, I am telling you, that that is what God's heart is for us. If the one, if there's just one that needs you, it's worth it. It is worth it. We have been together now for like 14 years. Love those ladies. And I, we love this woman that we brought in. She is such a part of us. Um, then I just want all close really quickly here. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. This is one of my favorite verses. Uh, we created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We have this blessed opportunity to bring life into dead places, light into dark spaces, and hope into the hopeless. We bring people to Jesus. That's how we honor them. We have the great privilege of helping others move into their God-designed identities and destinies just by doing what the Word of God instructs us to do. Honor one another. Love one another. Carry each other's burdens by word and deed, saying, you are worthy of my time, my attention, and I believe in you. I just want to read this one thing. Years ago, this is a quote, I'll read to you, and that, that's my closing, but years ago there was a book written by a woman by the name of Joyce Landorf, and it was called Balcony People. And it's all about people in your life who sit in the balcony and watch you and cheer you on. A delightful book. When others discern the good, the noble, the honorable, and the just tenets of our character, no matter how minuscule they may be, and then proceed to tell us how they admire those traits, we feel visible. We begin to see ourselves in our worth. We feel nurtured and nourished, but mostly, we feel loved. That's honoring God. Amen, amen, amen. That was awesome. Thank you, Becky. We honor you. That was a great word. Um, all right. Well, praise the Lord. Let's, uh, let's do this. I, I have one thought for you today. And I feel like this is what the Holy Spirit wants us to do this morning, is I'm going to share this thought with you. And then we're going to see where God takes this, Okay. But here, here's my big idea. I love that idea that you just shared with us about honor. What honor actually pertains to is the idea of value. It's value. And if I were to give one big idea for what I wanted to share with you today, one, if I could distill it down into one statement, this would be what it is. We have been honored and given value by God. Therefore, we can honor and give value to others. Let me say that again. We have been honored and given value by God. Therefore, we can honor and give value to others. Honor flows out from honor. Honor flows from honor. And value flows from value. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read one scripture to you. We're going off note here, guys. Here we go. Let's go on an adventure. You guys with me? 
We're going off-roading. So I'm going to go ahead and pop this into four, you know, four-wheel drive. And let's see. Come on, Holy Spirit. What do you want to do? Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. And we're going to read through to verse 11. And let me explain to you where we're getting this idea. Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross." Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those in the earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How many know that Jesus is worthy of honor. He is worthy to be valued and esteemed and lifted up and glorified. We just finished singing it. You are worthy of it all. Because He is worthy. And how many know that He has always been worthy of honor? He is always worthy of honor. He was worthy of honor when he was esteemed by God, but he was worthy of honor even before that. The Bible tells us that he came from God. That he came from God. And here in, in 2 Philippians, uh, pardon me, in Philippians chapter 2, pardon me, it says this, um, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now I put this scripture down earlier as well in the New Living Translation, and I want to find that for you. Because this is what it says, um, don't be selfish, don't try to oppress others, be humble, think of others as better than yourselves, don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When we talk about this idea that we have been given honor and value, and therefore we can give honor and value to others, our model is Jesus Christ. Because he was given honor, and he was given great value. In fact, he didn't have to be given it. He, he, he had it. He was it. Jesus had value and honor because of who he is. He always had it. And you know what happens in our society is when somebody is given great honor and great value, oftentimes what they will do with that is they will do everything that they can to cling to that honor and that value. They'll try to protect that honor and value to the best that they can. It's like somebody that buys a brand new car and puts it into a garage and then covers it with a, with a, with a cloth covering and just leaves it there. And over time, it just forms dust, and it, it you know, it just kind of, the, the tires pop, and, and, and eventually it just kind of starts to disintegrate over time, unless they go in and they keep updating it and renewing it, but they don't actually use the car. Right? That's this idea of, 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 of getting this honor that you want to cling to. 
And that's not the kingdom. The kingdom is if you've been given a position of honor and a position of value, it's so that you can give that position and value to others. If I were to talk about three distinctives of a culture of honor and this idea of we have been honored and given value by God so we can honor and give value to others, there's three distinctives that I would use. And the first one is this. A culture of honor, first of all, chooses an attitude of service. We just read it. You must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Oh, he was so worthy. He was so worthy of honor. He was so worthy of value. He was the most valuable entity person on the planet. But he didn't take that value and go, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm so great. You should worship me. Do you know what he did instead? The Bible tells us he came in the form of a servant. He came and he loved us. He came and he loved people. He got down in the mud and he got down in the dirt and he got himself dirty. And there was a story I was going to read to you out of the book of of, of John where it talks about him actually getting down and washing his disciples' feet. Jesus set an example for us. While he was worthy of great value and great honor, he didn't cling to it, but he used that position to promote us. He used that position to honor us. And if we're to talk about a distinctive of a culture of honor, the first one would be that we choose an attitude of service. Do you know that we've got people here who are worthy of great honor? We've got people that have served their whole lives, that have have, have, um, worked their, their lives away, and they've retired, and yet they still come and they still serve us. There are people here who are worthy of great honor. If there was a second distinctive of a culture of honor, I would say this. It delights in honoring others. That's that wonderful verse that you read earlier, Becky. Thank you so much. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 10 in the New Living. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Come on, in a culture of honor... We delight in honoring each other. Guys, honoring each other is fun. We've actually um, adopted this particular value for our home. And so we wrote out five values for our family. And, and one of our values that we've written out is this value of honor. And we actually put right beside there, we cheer each other on. And I don't know about you, but um, that sometimes doesn't come naturally to kids. Can I just be honest with you? There are times... Where I'm looking at my kids and I'm like, guys, seriously, Lord Jesus, save them. That's literally what I'm thinking. Because seriously, I mean, some of the stuff that comes out of some of their mouths sometimes is a little bit challenging. And, and, and you know, here's what we tell them. You know, like somebody will say, hey, you know, today I, I did this, this drama thing, but I don't think I did very good. And then another guy, will, you know, somebody else will say, um, yeah, of course you didn't do good because you're not good at drummer. Or something like that. It, it, it wouldn't come out that way, but it would be something along those lines. And this is what we tell our kids. We say, listen, no, stop right now. We are going to embrace a culture of honor in our home. We're going to delight in each other, and we're going to delight in honoring each other and building each other up. Why? Because out there in the world, there's enough darkness. There's enough people trying to tear you down. There's enough Twitter, and there's enough you know, Instagram, and there's enough all sorts of things out there, Facebook, and all these people coming on there and trying to tear people down. We have that in this society already, but in our home, We are going to embrace a culture of honor. This is a safe place where we celebrate each other. We're not intimidated by somebody else if they they seem to be doing something better than us. We're not intimidated if if we feel like, oh man, this person definitely has a a better gift than I do. No, in fact, what we do is because we are valued, 
because we've been honored by God, because he has called and chosen us, and we can walk in that authority and in that anointing and that identity, we are able then to turn around and, and identify the gifts and callings in other people and delight in honoring them. Is that clear? Okay, good, because that's what I want to communicate today. We can turn around, and we can delight in honoring them. I mean, it, you guys, it is so easy to honor in this room. There are so many people here who are so worthy of honor. Man, I think about um, Jessica Cohen, who's come in and just, you know, served so faithfully in the kids' ministry and created this incredible culture uh, and, and put organization in place. And you've just done such an amazing job, Jessica. And you are so worthy of honor as our Life Kids coordinator. Thank you so much for all that you do. You know, come on, give her a hand, you guys. I... Phoebe, I mean, come on, serving on the worship team and coming early and, and being out there for practice, driving out from Aldergrove sometimes to come to our practices here in White Rock. You are worthy of honor. Come on, let's delight ourselves in honor. I'm not going to keep going, otherwise it's going to go for the rest of the day. But guys, it is so easy to honor in this room. Let's, let's be a church that delights ourselves in honoring each other. Let's be really good at that. Hey, what, are, what is the Life Church really good at? We're really good at honoring people. We're really good at just, you know, not, not holding it against people, not trying to, to lord it over the people. Jesus says it this way, even when he's talking to his disciples, at the same time he washes their feet at the Last Supper, he says, listen, the, the Gentiles lord it over them, over, over the people that they, they, they are in charge of. They lord it over them, but that shall not be among you. Whoever wants to be the greatest among you must be a servant of all. And Jesus demonstrated that to us. As he was the most worthy of honor, he didn't use his position to try and show off or to grasp to or cling to, but he used it to glorify and bless and promote others. And that is my third thought about as distinctive of a culture of honor, and that's this, that we use our position to promote others. We use our position to promote others. Okay, this is, the, this is the verse, John chapter 13, verse 3. This is where Jesus um, washes the disciples' feet. It's a famous story. It's found in the book of John. And this is what it says in verse 3. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, that he had come from God and would turn to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robes, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, and then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Um, just, just to give you a little bit of insight into this, and, and I read many, many commentaries on this particular passage. Um, one of them was talking about this idea that oftentimes um, it was one of the lowest servants that would wash the feet of the people. That the, the, the servant would have to get up, and, and in those days, of course, um, they didn't have the sanitary systems that we have today. You can imagine that those streets would be covered in all sorts of garbage and nastiness. And the smell would have been horrendous. I think that's one of the things that we might take for granted when we look into the past is think about, you know, what would the smells actually be like? It would have been putrid. Let's just put it that way. And so as you're walking, you are stepping in stuff all over the place, right? And, and you don't, you know, there's, there's stuff you're stepping in all over the place. And so you come into these, these, this, this house and it smells because your feet smell. And often they would be the lowest servant that would come and they would wash the feet of the people that were coming into the home, but nobody had washed their feet. 
Now, it was not, no, it was not uh, 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 acceptable in those days for the, the teacher to ask the disciples to wash the feet. But Jesus set an example for them by getting up, the one who is the most worthy of honor. And he got up, and he went down, he took off his robe, and he put on a towel, and he washed the disciples' feet. This is the image of honoring. This is the image of we have been given great value and honored by God. Therefore, we can value and honor others. And when you wonder, you know, what was Jesus thinking when he was doing this? What was his motivation? What was going on behind the scenes inside of his brain as this is going on? And I love that John tells us what it is. Because Jesus, the one who's the most worthy of honor, this is what it says. In, In John chapter 3, 13 verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into the basin. Because Jesus knew who he was, because he was confident and aware of his identity in God, because he knew the authority that he carried He didn't use that authority to hammer it over their heads. Hey! He didn't do that. Because of the authority that was in him, he demonstrated it to us. How we ought to honor those around us. Okay, now let me say this again. You have been honored and given great value. Now, you might be here today and say, Matt, that part is the part that is the head scratcher for me. That's the part that that I'm having a hard time with. But church, that is the gospel message. And it is simply this. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. To sin simply means to miss the mark. It's an archery term. And it means that we've shot at at perfection. We've shot at holiness, and we have missed the mark that every one of us here today are sinners, but for the grace of God. The Bible tells us that we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Now, I missed a step there because we're all sinners, but the Bible also tells us that the wages of sin is death. And there's a, there's a death that we all understand, the death of our physical bodies, but then there's also the death of our spiritual bodies as well, a separation from God. Sin separates us from Him. It separates us from God. The Bible tells us that even our attempts at righteousness are like filthy rags. That on our own we cannot do it. But God demonstrates His love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For scarcely for a good man would someone die, and maybe for a great man someone might dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. Do you know the incredible value that he has put on your life? And he has taken a position as God and as Savior and as Lord and as a ruler and worthy of all of our praise. And he took that position. He didn't lord it over us and say, look at me, I'm so much better than you. But he came and became one of us. And he died for our sins. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Even if you're here today and you've never heard that message and you've never responded to it, he still died for you. And today, by confessing with your mouth and believing with your heart that he is Lord, you also can be saved and experience that value. And God values you and he honors you. Why? For his glory, but also, therefore, because we've been valued and we've been honored, we can value and we can honor those around us. Is that clear? All right, that's the image. That's the picture that I wanted to give you this morning. God has honored us. Let me give you some scriptures about that. For Psalm 8, verse 5, for you have made him a lower than an angel, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. This is what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you would think on him. This is that. Come on. We are called his children. Romans 8, 6, 15 and 16. So you are not, not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we cry, call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And here's another one. We are God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Come on, we are a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are blessed. Come on, Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God of the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. We are God's delight. Psalm 18, 19. He brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delights in me. We are loved. Romans 8:38 For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor heights nor depths nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have been honored and given value by God. And therefore we can honor and give value Amen? Let's close with that today. Beautiful wife, would you like to come and pray? I just want to pray that over us today, that we would be a church that would be a church of honor, that would encourage one another, that would build one another up, come alongside one another, and be each other's cheerleaders. You know, in this place, we will, there will be safety and encouragement and play, freedom for you to grow and stumble and get back up again. And they'll be cheering, we'll be cheering you on. And I just want to pray that over this house. Lord Jesus, thank you, Father, that you have given us value. Thank you that you care for us. You love us. And because of the value you've given us, we can, therefore, honor those around us. Father, I pray that Life Church would be a church that would encourage build up. I pray against backstabbing. I pray against talking behind each other's back. There will be none of that in this place, but this will be a place where there is safety and love, and you can confess, and, and we're here to cheer you on and pray for you and send you on your way. Father, we pray that over this place. There would be a culture of honor in this place with all of us in our relationships. That's what 
pleases your heart. That is what, Jesus, you demonstrated, and we want to follow that. So I pray that over this place, that we would be encouragers, we would be lifters of each other's heads, and we would be cheering each other on as we go through this journey of life, because it's hard, like Matt said, and there's enough out there pulling us down in the house of God, in the family of God, we will be there to build each other up. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for this amazing church. Father, I pray that you would bless everyone as they go into their week. Father, and may they take this message into their um, neighborhoods, into their workspaces, into their families, Father, and practice honoring those that come into their paths this week. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen.